Ready or not, here I come. Hi, and welcome to Care to Listen. Care to Listen is a series of podcasts which explores, investigates, and celebrates the world of people who have care or lived experiences. In this, our third series, we talk to a variety of people about the role, experience, and relationships that sons and daughters of fostering families have on the lives of young people who are fostered. Well, hello, we're talking to Amy, um, who's from Durham. Amy, how are you doing? It's lovely to see you again. I've not seen you for two or three years. Um, the last time I saw you was when we were at a residential with eight or nine other young people, sons and daughters of fostering families, and we made a film about your experiences. So um, how are you? What are you? What are you up to now these days? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm doing really well quite busy um haven't stopped over lockdown obviously well key workers aren't we <laughs> um so since residential um I left five rivers um and started a postgraduate program to become a social worker but halfway through I decided that I wanted to work closer to the kids like I wasn't as happy just moving away and doing a lot more um sort of office work and stuff like that um so I've uh, become a children's residential care worker um, at a children's home, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. So I do sleeps there and everything, and I, I do the, the knocking on the door in the morning to get up for school and <laughs> make the cups of tea and the breakfasts and whatnot and get everybody to school and that. It, 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 I'm working a lot more closer with the kids. I'm happy where I am now. So how many years did your family foster, Amy? Uh, so I believe it was around five years I want to say um, yeah because it was around when I was about 16 years old um, I remember my mum sitting me down and I just left like secondary school about to start college and she kind of spoke about how she she wanted to sort of foster and she wanted to know how I felt about it and I thought it was a really good idea to be fair um, it was just me and my mum in the house at the time and we had a spare bedroom and me and my mum had a really good relationship and stuff like that and it was it was so nice to think that we could give somebody else like a second chance I was I was quite up for it to be fair <laughs> and do you think um do you think your mum was waiting for you to be to be that age do you think that was kind of calculated I think so um she said she had considered it when I was a bit younger but yeah, I don't, obviously my, my dad left when I was around 15 or so. So I think the house just got a lot quieter at that point. And obviously I had plans to move on to university. So I think she was sort of maybe feeling a bit of a empty nest syndrome. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she always like wanted to work along that side. And when we were, my mum was very good with the horses and stuff like that. And she always wanted to help out the kids at the yard. So I think it just kind of stemmed from that. Yeah, and, and, and do you think it was a good time for you um, being the age that you were, or what would you say? Yeah, I think so. Um, when I was younger, I was I was very much a home bird, and I liked home, and I wasn't one to go on sleepovers and stuff like that. I've always been very, very close to my mum anyway, um, but I think about 16, I started to mature a bit and be able to have a little bit more independence, so I think she maybe had a bit more time to then devote to another child. And how many young people did you share your family life with? So we only had one spare bedroom um, and we had two teenagers stay with us. Um, we had a teenage boy who was our sort of like first um, like child that come to live with us. And he stayed 
for a few months before he moved on. Um, and then after that, we got, oh, I think she was about 12, a 12 year old girl. Um, and she'd stayed with us for about four, four and a half years, I believe. Yeah. And are you still in touch with that girl? Yeah. So from what I know, she's 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 now left care um, and she's doing really, really well for herself. How would you describe what it's like to be part of a family that fosters? I think at first it's quite it's quite daunting. Um, it's just the unknown. You don't know what like type child you're gonna get. I think it, it initially you have this picture in your head of who you you're gonna have stay with you, and you you wish that they're gonna have the same um, sort of hobbies and interests as you. Um, but you never really know, really, and it's that sort of anxiety you have. But you know, we we had two um, different children come to stay with us, and you know, once you get past the first few days or so of settling in. It felt really good and like you started to establish a relationship and stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was really positive. Like I, I was always proud to say like that my mum fostered and we fostered. Like it, it was always a nice feeling. It was never negative. And do you feel that that really influenced you to, to go down the sort of social work care route that you're now um, part of? Yeah, I mean, it made me realise that I actually wanted to work with kids. Before that, I was just horsey mad. So <laughs> it opened up a whole new sort of avenue for me, really. So what would you say is the most profound thing that you've like learned or seen or learned about yourself um, during this process? I think I learned that I, I, I wanted to, to care for children or look after children in some, some way. Um, you know that I'm not going to say these children don't come into your home and ever have a crisis because they, they do like they have bad days and what have you and my instinct wasn't to like get them at the house like that they cause an absolute riot here it was I, I want to make sure they're okay like how can I help and it's almost come to the re- realization of like how much this child's gone through before they've come to stay with yous um and how like it can be just an average day and you don't think there's anything out of the ordinary but for them it can be something that triggers them and it's it is a, it is a roller coaster of emotions but then you just got to be really sensitive about you know how what are they experiencing and I think it it made me realize that I wanted to always think like what is it like to be in their shoes? Like it's so easy to think, yes, this is this is perfectly fine, this is normal for me, but it might not be for that person. Because I see the role of sons and daughters like just being really important. Just the sheer fact that you are kind of consistently there sends a really positive message to them that that cannot be spoken. Just the fact that they that you're sharing your house with them, you're sharing your mom with them. You're sharing dinner with them. It's it's kind of um, it's un it's unsaid, but it's a really powerful thing that you're shouting and telling them. Um, yeah. Like you say, it's unspoken, but there are those moments where that person com- comes to you and confides in you, or or whatever, and it can be like the simplest littlest thing, like can you help me with that, or I've, I'm finding this really difficult, or something like that, and it, that's your opportunity to show that you care because there are very few opportunities because the walls and the guards are up initially and it's just it can be something so simple as just like showing them how to work like do this one puzzle or 
or what have you, or how to draw a horse, for example. It just kind of opens up the doors and it builds trust. And it just happens over time, really. Yeah, and you can be part of a picture that changes their narrative about themselves. Yeah. You give them a sense of, of belonging and feeling mm-hmm. part of family that, that maybe their experiences before were telling them a different story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something as simple as like, you start like having photos of a family together and you put a photo up in your house. It's like adding to their identity, isn't it? This is where they belong. It's, it's building that story, like you say, yeah. So did you realise just how important your role was going to be on the children who are fostered at the time when you were 16 or 17? Probably not, like if I'm honest, I probably didn't think about it that deeply. Um, but over time you do realise um, I'd like to tell you the exact moment when that happened and I probably can't but I think initially you just talk about being a good role model and I think you always have it in your mind like you know set um a good example like for the child that's coming in the house but I don't think you think about it in that much depth. Um, Amy what would you say would be the biggest challenges? Um, I'd say you know when when a child's distressed um you know, like there is times where you're not sure what you can do or if you are going to help that situation or not, or whether you just need to to leave your mum to deal with it. Um, and also like kind of experiencing another child shouting at your mum, like that's hard. Like maybe I found myself having to take myself away because it was it was really upsetting. Like I didn't want to hear that. And it really made me challenge how I felt about that that child moving in. But you know, eventually we were able to talk about it like afterwards. And, you know, I was generally a quiet kid when I was younger, but obviously not every child's like that. And um, we don't have the same backgrounds and we don't, we're individual, aren't we? To how we respond to like distress. And, and how you did, how did you pick your way through these difficulties? I think at first I, I tried to get involved and tried to, to like, like talk to them to bring them down but I don't think that I I think it depends who you're dealing with and I think if there's too many people in the room talking at you it's never gonna it's never gonna process so a lot of the time I used to just take myself away like you know get some fresh air like and trust that like you know my mom's safe and everyone's gonna be okay and stuff like that like it is just an argument and these things happen. How was it to share your mum's time with another young person in the home? um yeah it was hard like I was only well I'm not an only child I have a half brother and sister but they're, they're 20 years older than me like that they left the nest <laughs> sort of thing and um, so I was used to being the only child in the house really um and at first it is hard but I think it was a good time for me thinking back because I was going into college and I had spare days where you know that the young person that came to live with us was at school so I had my opportunities to spend time just one-to-one with my mum and then I think it was also like really important that I had my own hobbies and stuff so I would go to the stables like on the weekend or whatever and that was my time on my own and it's just about giving each other space and you know opportunities to just kind of I don't know let off like talk about how you're feeling and stuff like that. So do you think that's an important thing for placements to bear in mind that um, sons and daughters get some time one to one with their parents, but also perhaps foster children 
get the same time one to one with their carers. Do you think that's important for placement stability? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it gives you time to just kind of, you know, confide in like move someone that you trust a bit more. Like, um, like if that young person wanted to speak to my mum and didn't want me to hear like it could be a private or something like that you need them opportunities don't you and if you're you're in the house like together constantly you're never ever going to get those 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 private moments and yeah it's really important and do you think um your experience of being a, a daughter of a fostering family has helped you with your transition into residential childcare now um yeah i think it's given me a lot of experience um you know I've worked with quite a few children now um at different points in the the, the care system so I've, I've I've been luckily enough however you see it um to kind of see children when they're, they're, they're first entering the care system and you know like experience what they go through it it's quite traumatic that in itself let alone you know what they've experienced before um, and then obviously I've, I've experienced the fostering side of it and now I'm experiencing, you know, the, the long term sort of residential homes. So I think it does give me an insight to what what it's been like. However, I don't think I'd ever understand like exactly what it's like for that person. You never would, wouldn't you? Like, Can you think of one of the warmest memories that you have of being part of a foster child's life that you'll take away and treasure forever? Um, I mean, there's lots of little snippets, I think. Um, I think I, I think it was great to know that, that the young person that came to stay with us had such a, she, she had a love for horses as well. So I think that sort of strengthened our bond. We had a common interest, which was really great. And I remember how I felt when I got my first pony. It was just amazing. And then we were able to get a lone pony for her and just to see her face when she realized like she had she had her own pony that she could look after was just amazing um it was a nice feeling because I thought yeah like I know what that feels like and that's really nice and it's nice that that she's now being able to experience it and then have you got any really funny stories hilarious stories oh oh I don't know um I always remember one way it was Christmas day and I it was sort of like our family thing to go for a Christmas day walk and we both put on our our brand new outfits and that and we'd taken the dogs with us and we went to the woods um, and we were, I don't even know what we were talking about, but we were like, not arguing, but like bickering almost. And um, my mum was a few places behind us and we ended up slipping down this muddy bank and we were covered. And it was just like that that's what you get for just like chewing on, you know, <laughs> chewing at each other, <laughs> not looking where you're going. <laughs> so, Amy, lovely to see you again. Yeah. Um, I wish you all the best for your uh, career in uh, residential. Yeah, and um, I'm sure we'll be in touch again soon. Uh, it's been lovely to see you too. <laughs>
participation at 5-rivers.org. Music by Rick Flow. Track, hide and seek, courtesy of Rick Flow.